Okay. If you don't have a Bible, do you have a Bible either on your phone or from the back of the room? Maybe you're just looking off one that your friend brought. That's fine too. Because we are going to keep worshiping. We're just going to do it by reading God's word. So I had a really cool experience last night, uh, something I'd never done before. Uh, I got a custom suit built for me. It was so cool. So uh, there's this tailor who, he's from Hong Kong, but he does like a tour of the United States like once a year, and he goes to major cities, and you can go and like get a suit built by him. Uh, he's currently actually in San Francisco, but uh, I wasn't going to be able to meet up with him in Chicago. That was the closest city. So uh, we did a Zoom call, and I sent him like pictures of what I look like and all of my measurements, my height, my weight, and then he was able to take everything I sent, and then on our Zoom call, he had my roommate like do measurements, like how big is my wrist, how big is my bicep, which wished it was bigger, but, uh, you know, like, how long is my, my inseam, like, what jacket size do I need, all because one of my absolute best friends in the world is getting married this spring, and I get to be one of his groomsmen, which is so exciting, right? I've been out of college now for, like, almost five years, and I think over these last five years, like, I've had over 20 of my good friends get married, which is so cool. And a few of them, I've got to be in their wedding as a groomsman. And so I was thinking, like, the process of being a groomsman or, like, you know, if you're a lady, like, you would be a bridesmaid. You're part of the bridal party. And the job of the bridal party is you, you like, stand up there, right? You, you know, you process down the aisle, and then all the groomsmen are standing on one side, and all the bridesmaids are standing on the other. And you're up there not to just look good but to be like a witness, to, to be that friend that the couple can rely on during their marriage. It's really, it's a special thing. I was thinking about other weddings that I've been in where I've been a groomsman for other of my friends, and there's this whole getting ready process in the morning, right? The wedding's probably in the afternoon, but like you get there in the morning and you've got to, you know, get ready, you've got to get your suit on, you've got to get your hair done, you know, tie your tie, which is actually harder than it looks if you're not super practiced at tying ties, and so it might take you a couple of times, and you know, all in, it's like an hour-long process for a guy to get ready for a wedding, but the bridesmaids, their process significantly longer. Some of my friends who have been bridesmaids in weddings, like these girls, they've got to get to the wedding venue at like seven in the morning for a wedding that's not going to take place until like four or five in the evening. And all day long, they're getting their hair done and their makeup done and they're, you know, taking pictures and they're putting on their dresses. And it's this whole long process to get ready for a wedding, much longer than the one hour that it takes like a groomsman to get ready. But they're getting ready for a celebration of something incredible, right? A wedding. A wedding. We call Wednesday nights right here at Next. What do we call it? The best night of the week. Like I'm repping it on our merch. The best night of the week because we believe in a God who can take something ordinary and make it extraordinary. 
right? We know a God who goes above and beyond to celebrate the repentant sinner. We see that when we do this, when we get together and worship, we get a glimpse of what eternity with Jesus looks like. That's why we believe adamantly that this is the best night of the week. And so we're going to look at another best night themed event in the scriptures as we close out our series, Best Night. I need you to know. I need you to know right now as a sixth grader, as a seventh grader, as an eighth grader. Hey, Max. Max, you want to find a seat? Nope. Buddy, you want to find a seat? Yep. Good. I need you to know, as a 6th grader, as a 7th grader, as an 8th grader, right now, you might live 85 years. You might live 95 years. Maybe you live to be 100 years old. But this life on earth, no matter how long it is, isn't everything there is. You are going to live forever. And we need to get ready we got to get ready for forever. And I think we want to do it like the bridesmaids at a wedding do it, not like the groomsmen. We're not going to take just an hour to get ready. We're going to take as much time as possible to get ready for forever with Jesus. So here's the one thing I would want you to take away from tonight's message. My big idea is that we get ready for forever by rehearsing, by waiting, and by inviting. So we're going to take a look at the last book of the Bible. So if you got your Bible, pull it out. Flip all the way to the back to Revelation, the very last book in the Bible, and find chapter 19 of Revelation. That's where we're going to be. Revelation chapter 19. I'll tell you. Six, actually. So... Revelation is written by John, who is Jesus' best friend and one of his disciples. And John is writing down a vision that he had, a vision from God, a vision where, where God reveals to John a little bit of what the future is going to look like. Through John's vision, through his revelation, we get a glimpse into eternity. And it just so happens that eternity starts with a wedding feast. Last week we looked at a passage in John's gospel where Jesus was invited to a wedding. Tonight, in John's revelation, we're going to see a wedding where Jesus is the groom. And where the church, every single believer in Jesus, all over the world, from all of history, is the bride. So Revelation chapter 19, I'm going to start in verse 6. You guys there with me? Yeah? Good. Okay. Revelation chapter 19, starting in verse 6. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd, or the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him 
For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. So we get this glimpse into eternity, and we need to get ready for forever. So how do we do that? My first point is this, rehearse for forever. Rehearse for forever. When I was in college playing football, my coaches would always get on us about like how we were practicing. Right? If we had bad practices, they would get mad because they would say that you practice the way that you're going to play. Right? So if your practice is sloppy, you're not just going to turn it on come game day on Saturday and play well. If you practice poorly during the week, you're going to play poorly during the game. But if you practice hard, if you grind, if you, if you practice with excellence, then when you get to game day on Saturday, you're going to be sharp. You're going to be good. You might even when the goal was to try and practice the way that we wanted to play. And in verse 6 of the passage we just read in Revelation chapter 19, we see game time. Right? Look at verse 6 again. It says, Then I heard what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God Almighty reigns. Like John in his vision is seeing a crowd of people, huge, yelling, praise the Lord. Game time of eternity, what we will be doing in the kingdom of God is worshiping Jesus so loudly and with so many people that it sounds like a crowd or an ocean, or thunder and lightning. I don't know if you guys noticed when we were jumping up and down just a couple minutes ago, like our room was shaking. And downstairs below us, men's Bible study is meeting. So imagine for them, the ceiling literally shaking. That's what just happened in here. That's sort of what John saw in his revelation. Wednesday night, we call it the best night of the week because we're practicing for that future game day by the way that we worship Jesus. And so if, if Revelation 19 is what heaven is going to look like, then, then let's start now. Let's practice right now for what it's going to look like to worship Jesus. We can rehearse for what forever looks like by worshiping Jesus on a Wednesday. Imagine every single follower of Jesus that you know and countless more that you don't know, all worshiping Jesus together. John, John said he saw a vast crowd. Earlier in Revelation chapter 7, John actually gets a description of what that vast crowd looks like. So look at Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. He says, after this I saw a vast crowd too great to count 
from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. This crowd, it comes from all over. I mean, even just think about right now. Like right now, outside of this building, in other churches in our area, there are middle school students and high school students doing exactly what we're doing right now. It's the best night of the week for them, too. At least I hope it is. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of other youth pastors. I think about uh, Dan and Joe over at Westwood. They've got middle school and high school students meeting right now. I think about um, my friends Tarman and Heather and Emma over at Wooddale. Like, they've got middle school and high school students right now. I think about my friend Ty at River Valley's Crosstown campus. They're meeting with students right now. Like all over the area, there are middle school students just like you sitting, worshiping Jesus. But it's not just here in the Twin Cities. Like I've got friends all over the country. My buddy Blake is pastoring middle school students down in Illinois. My friends Jalen and Reese, they're out in Washington pastoring students. I got friends out in Connecticut. Benji is pastoring high school students out there. My friend Reagan's in North Carolina pastoring high school students. It's not just our area. It's not just our state. It's not just even our country. It's all over the world that there are people practicing the way that they are going to play, worshiping Jesus on a Wednesday night. So think about every single time you come to Next on a Wednesday night. Think about coming to rehearsal, right? Think about not just coming to go through some motions, not just coming to, like, act something out, but we're coming to practice like we play, to worship Jesus with everything we've got because that's what we get to do for eternity, and Jesus deserves it. And so the next time you see, like, one of your friends who maybe goes to a different church, like, encourage them to practice the way that they're going to play, to worship with everything that they've got, too, right? And if they don't have a church home and they're looking for a place to get involved, like, a, a place to come be like what we're doing here, then invite them to next. Invite them to come worship with you. We need to rehearse for forever. But we also need to wait for forever. So that's point two tonight, is wait for forever. Look at the next verse in Revelation 19. We're just working verse by verse. We did verse six, now verse seven. Let us be glad and rejoice, and let us give honor to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. In Revelation 19, John's seeing the future, and in the future, the time has come for that wedding feast, but it's not yet time for us right now. We're waiting for that moment. But waiting, it can seem kind of counterintuitive, right? Like if we're just sitting around doing nothing, waiting for Jesus to come back, it almost feels like there should be something more for us to do, right? You would be correct. There. If, if all we did was sit around and do nothing and wait for Jesus, we'd be wasting our time. But that's not what waiting really looks like. So let's reframe what waiting looks like in our brains. Like waiting can be active. 
Waiting has a point to it. There are things that we actually get to participate in and do while we wait. Waiting, it looks like preparing. Like we just talked about rehearsing, exactly that. Prepare yourself. Like while you're waiting for forever, rehearse. But waiting, it also looks like expecting. Expecting means being ready, getting excited. I remember when I was younger, the, the thing that I would be most excited for in the entire world was Christmas morning. Like, I loved opening presents, and my family would make this huge breakfast, and it's like my favorite meal of the entire year, and I couldn't wait for Christmas morning. And so my dad had to put in some rules. Rule number one was I couldn't go downstairs until 7 a.m., and rule number two was I couldn't wake my parents up until 8 a.m. So at 7 a.m., on the dot, I would race downstairs, and I'd look at all the presents under the tree, and I'd see my stocking hung by the fireplace, and I would, like, maybe dig into some of the chocolate that was in the stocking, and I'd start to build that excitement for Christmas morning. And as the clock ticked closer and closer to 8, I would, like, line up at the bottom of the stairs like a football receiver, like, ready to run. And as soon as it hit 8, I would sprint up the stairs to my parents' bedroom, and I'd wake them up, and I'd be, Mom, Mom, Dad, Dad, Christmas morning, it's here. we got to come downstairs. Like, I was so excited for Christmas. I wasn't, like, sitting around doing nothing. Like, I was ready. I was prepared. I was expecting Christmas. So how can you wait well for Jesus? What are the things that you can be doing even right now to build excitement for when he's going to come back? I think the coolest part about following Jesus is that it's not something that we have to wait for until we die. It's something we're participating in right now. We get to follow Jesus right now. And the closer you follow Jesus right now, the more excitement is going to build in you for when he comes back. So following Jesus while we wait, I mean, it, it looks like being obedient to the things that God has called us to in his word. So do you know this book? Do you know what's in there? It looks like trusting God when things seem uncertain. And we, we all live lives where there is a high degree of uncertainty, where things are changing, things don't seem the way that they're supposed to be. But so do you trust God in the middle of all of that? Waiting well for Jesus looks like stewarding the gifts that he's given us. Like each of you has spiritual gifts to build up God's kingdom. He's blessed you with talents that you can use to help build God's kingdom. Like are you stewarding those well? And waiting well, it looks like making sure as many people as possible know that Jesus can save them from their sins. So that leads me to my third point, that if we want to be prepared for forever, we need to invite everyone to forever. We'll keep working through our passage now. Verse 9, the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added these are the true words that come from God. We don't want to just keep this to ourselves. We want everyone to know that they are invited 
to this wedding feast. We want to invite everyone that we know to follow Jesus. And Jesus himself, he actually talks about inviting people to a feast. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells a story about inviting people to a feast. So let me just read that really quick. Luke chapter 14, starting in in verse 15. Hearing this, a, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I just bought a field and I've got to go inspect it, so so please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out, so, so please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. The first people that God invited to this wedding feast was his people, the Jews, the people that Jesus himself was a part of. But many of them rejected Jesus and his invitation. They didn't believe that he was that promised Savior who was coming to save them from their sins. So Jesus told his disciples and all the ones who did believe in him, like, like, go, go into every country, into every nation, to every single people group, and tell people, start inviting everyone. And that's exactly what happened. You see the message of the gospel This good news about Jesus is that you are invited. You haven't sinned so badly that you don't get the invite. You're not too far away from God or too broken that you can't get the invite. You are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb and you can accept that invitation by trusting in Jesus to be saved from your sins. And once you've accepted the invite, which I know that there's a lot of people in this room who are already following Jesus, you get to be the one to invite others. You get to extend that invite to anybody and everybody to come with you to this wedding feast. You get to invite everyone to join the vast crowd that sounds like an ocean or crashing thunder. You can even just start by inviting somebody to come experience what the best night of the week looks like with you. And when, while you bring that friend, you can tell them about how amazing Jesus is. You see, forever is coming. An eternity with Jesus. So let's get ready for it. The best night of the week is just a glimpse of eternity. And we get ready for forever by rehearsing, by waiting, and by inviting.
And so if you've been here the last three weeks for our series, Best Night, or maybe this is the first week that you've been here, and you're like, I want to accept that invitation. If you are in here and you're like, I haven't been following Jesus, but I want to start, I'd love to talk with you after this. I know that Grace or Jake would love to talk with you after this. I know that any of our leaders who are wearing those name badges would love to talk with you about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if you're in here and you're like, I've been following Jesus, but I don't even know where to start when it comes to inviting people, I'd love to have that conversation with you too. Love to chat with you about like what a strategy could be to reach your friend group, to invite them to follow Jesus, or, or people on your sports team, or, or maybe even members of your own family who need to know that Jesus loves them. What we do here, this is just the rehearsal. There's something better, something so much better coming. So let's pray. Let's thank God that we get to spend eternity with him. Lord Jesus, I worship you that you are our Savior. I worship you that you are the same God who did all the things that we read about in the Old Testament, and you're doing those same things even right now. Jesus, I worship you because you have invited us to the feast. Jesus, I feel like I don't deserve it. But God, you've invited us. Would you help us to invite others? Jesus, if there's a student in here who who knows they need to accept that invitation, they've been putting it off, God, would you you help them realize today's the day? Not going to wait any longer. If there are students in here who are scared about what it looks like to go invite someone close to them, God, would you give them boldness and courage to have those conversations. Jesus, I just want to take time right now. I pray for students at Westwood and Wooddale and River Valley and, and students all across our country, all across this world, doing exactly what we're doing right now. Jesus, would you help Wednesdays be the best night of the week for them too? Jesus, we love you. All this is for you. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.